it's awesome to see you, and it's great to be with you. I bet you that next Sunday is going to be a lot better. When we can all get back together in Northbrook and we can enjoy some fellowship together. And I want to welcome everyone that's tuning in online. You're probably sitting right now in your, in your living room or uh, enjoying your cup of coffee. And um, I just want to give you a real warm welcome. I hope that everybody today is experiencing the joy of the Lord. What a great song that we, we just sang today. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And uh, I hope that at this time of year, everybody knows the Lord and everybody's enjoying the things of God. And so, um, you know, with that, uh, welcome to the very last Sunday before Christmas. We're almost at the end of this year. It's been quite a year. And um, we've all experienced a lot of crazy roller coaster emotions. And um, I want to leave with you a message today that hopefully is fitting. And because it is the time of year that it is, obviously I want to speak on the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. You know, this is the time of year that the world celebrates the birth of Christ. But isn't it true that for so many people, it's just superficial? Like, many, many people never stop to think about who He is and why He came and what the real meaning of the coming of Jesus Christ is into the world. Who He is and why He came. I was reading something this week that caused me to stop and think. And uh, it's in John chapter 15. Um, it's right up here on the slide. And in John chapter 15 and verse 22, Jesus made these statements. He said, If I had not come. And then he said, if I had not spoken, and if I had not done the works that no other man did. Have you ever stopped to think what your, your life, what this world would be like if Jesus Christ had not come? If Jesus Christ had not spoken, if Jesus Christ had not done the works, that no other man did. What would your world be like? You know, that should give us great pause. And especially in 2020. As we look back over this year, all the events that have happened, and we look into the future that really seems very uncertain, it should give us pause to stop and to think, what kind of a world would it be if Christ had not come? Well, we would not have known God. We would really not have known the love of God. Our sins would never have been forgiven. And we would have no hope if Christ had not come into the world. But the good news that we celebrate today is He has come. And he has shown us who God is, and He has given us eternal hope 
in Christ. Why did Jesus Christ come into the world? Well, he said that he came to manifest the Father. What does that mean? He came to reveal to the world who God is. He also came to demonstrate love, God's love, selfless love, what is termed in the Greek agape love, the love of God. He came to demonstrate that. He came to put away our sin. He came to destroy the works of the devil. And as we thought this morning, he came to save us from our sins. He came to die for sinful humanity, to give his life a ransom for many. There, there are four statements that Jesus made in the book of John that I really want to share with you today. And these four statements address some of the greatest questions that arise in every human heart. And so if you have your Bible with you and you're able to, uh, to turn um, to John's Gospel with me, please turn to John chapter 3. And we're going to read, first of all, uh, John chapter 3 and verse 12. Each one of these statements emphasizes the word if. And really, if introduces a conditional clause. That's what it is. It's a conditional clause, and it brings pause, and it makes us think. If is often related to cause and effect. So look at these four if statements that Jesus made in John's Gospel. John chapter 3 and verse 12. Jesus said, If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Now turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8 and verse 24. Jesus said in the middle of that verse, If you believe not that I am, he is in italics, you shall die in your sins. If you believe not that I am, you shall die in your sins. John chapter 12 and verse 32. Jesus said, And I, if, I be lifted up from the earth will draw all men unto me. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Finally, chapter 14. John chapter 14 and verse 2. 
Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. I want to draw your attention today to four statements that Jesus made that really answer some of the, the greatest questions of every human heart. Jesus said to Nicodemus, If I told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And I want to notice that as the if of origin. The question of origin. And then when we look at John chapter 8, Jesus said to the Pharisees, He said, If you believe not that I am, you will die in your sins. Die in your sins. And I like to look at that as the question of morality. If you believe not that Jesus is the great I am, you will die in your sins. Question of morality. In John chapter 12 and verse 32, Jesus said an amazing statement, and it was a public statement. He lifted up his voice and he said to the people of that day, he said, if I am lifted up on the cross, I will draw all men unto me. This is a question of meaning. The question of meaning. You know, someone said that Jesus Christ puts meaning into history. We're going to see that. Finally, in John chapter 14, Jesus said to his disciples, just a few hours before going to the cross to die, he said to his disciples, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go I go to prepare a place for you. And then he said, I will come again. And I will receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. You know what this is? It is the question of destiny. Four questions that every human heart is seeking answers for in, in our world. Question number one, where did I come from? Everybody wants to know our origin. Where did I come from? Question number two, how should I live my life? This is a question that everyone has to answer. It's a question of morality. Am I accountable for my sin? Is there consequence for the decisions, the choices that I make? God says there is. It's a question of morality. But you know, when Jesus Christ came, He came with a purpose. He came to die. He came to give His life on a cross. To be lifted up. 
What is this? This is the question of meaning. You know, Rabbi Zacharias said many times, he said, without Jesus Christ, there is no meaning in history. Jesus Christ put meaning into history. Many people in our world today are lost, broken, searching, wondering, what is this life all about? Why am I here? Where did I come from? Where am I going? What happens to me when I die? You know, at this time of year, I want you to think about who Jesus Christ is and why He came into the world and how this answers the four greatest questions of every human heart. You know, when we go to John chapter 3, it's an amazing scene. Most of you would probably know the context. Uh, Nicodemus is a ruler of the Jews. He's a, a teacher in Israel. Here is a man who is religious. He has studied every piece of the Old Testament, Mosaic law, the Torah. He has delved as deep as he possibly can go into understanding intellectual religion. Here is a man who is searching and, and he's trying to live his life to please God. And he's trying to follow God. But he doesn't understand. There's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. There's something broken. And, and he really can't put all the pieces together. And Jesus Christ comes on the scene and he does work that no other man did. He spoke words that no other man could ever speak. He demonstrated who he is. And, and Nicodemus finally couldn't take any more. And he said, I need to see you. And so Nicodemus makes a, an appointment with the Lord Jesus Christ and he goes to him by night. And I could just imagine what that must have been like. Nicodemus says to the Lord Jesus, Who are you? Where have you come from? How can you do these things that no other man ever did? The question of origin. You know, if you look at my slide that I have up here on the screen, it quotes that verse. What Jesus said to Nicodemus, he said, If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? You know, Nicodemus knew that he was made in the image of God. Nicodemus would have been very familiar with Genesis chapter 1. Understanding that in creation, we were made in the image of God. But I don't know what he understood about being born in sin. And I don't know what he understood about the dreadful fall of humanity in Genesis chapter 3. But Nicodemus is searching and he's looking for answers. Jesus said to him in, in verse 7, a mind-blowing statement. Yeah, this would have shifted the landscape of Nicodemus' thoughts. Jesus said to him, Nicodemus, 
You need to be born again. What? Born again? This was so foreign, so strange. Nicodemus had never heard these words. Do you know that there's many people today and you don't realize that you need to be born again? Except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Why? Because of our origin. Could I tell you today that all men are born in sin, shapened in iniquity, conceived in sin, and come into this world with a fallen, sinful nature. This is the problem of all humanity. You know, it, it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, wh what your nationality is, your religious background, anything about you. We are all the same. And this was fundamental truth that Jesus taught Nicodemus. He said, you were born in sin and you need to be born again. Nicodemus says, how can these things be? You know, the natural man doesn't understand the things of the Spirit. They are foolishness to him. And so, the question of origin is something that every single one of us are searching for. Like I was watching TV last night and that commercial came on. You see that commercial of the um, Ancestry? And everybody's looking for their, 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 their genealogy. People all over the world are wondering, what was my grandfather like? What was my great-grandfather like? Did I come over here on a boat? What, where, where did I come from? Let me tell you what your ancestry is. If you go way back, you'll understand that our ancestor, Adam and Eve, fell into sin and took the entire world into separation from God. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 says, by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world and death came by sin and so death has passed upon all men for all have sinned. And so the question of origin is we were born into this world wrong. We were born into this world enemies of God. We were born into this world with a sinful, fallen nature. Let me prove that to you. You know, I speak to a lot of people on the street, and I, I love telling people the gospel. But the greatest hurdle for the natural man to get over is, well, you mean I'm a sinner? Well, you know, I'm, I'm really not that bad. I'm, I'm actually a pretty good person. You know, I can compare myself to other people. Here's the problem. We all sin and commit acts of sin because of our sinful nature. So we have a two-pronged problem. Number one, our nature is a sinful nature. And because of our sinful nature, secondly, we commit acts of sin. We lust, we lie, we take God's name in vain, we are deceived, we are selfful, we, we are greedy, we, we are selfish creatures, and we sin because it's in our nature. And, and even this religious man who tried as hard as he could to live a good life, Jesus said, no, you need to be born again. 
It's a question of origin. And folks, this is why Jesus Christ came into the world. This is a faithful saying, worthy to be accepted by all, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's why he came. We were born in sin. We have a sinful nature. We need to be born again. And Nicodemus couldn't understand this. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, if I tell you of earthly things and you don't believe, how are you going to believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And then he said this. Look at verse 13. Jesus said to Nicodemus in verse 13, No one has ascended up into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Wow. What's he really saying? Jesus is looking at Nicodemus and he's saying, I came from heaven. Stop and think about that. Jesus Christ is the eternal God creator of all things and he came from heaven is a message for mankind that's why he came he came to tell us who we are what our greatest need is and that we need to be born again Nicodemus wondered and Jesus explained to him he said you need to be born of the spirit and you need to be born of the word and really what that is is the Word of God is living. It is the living words of God Himself that speak truth and life. And the Bible, the Word of God, is how men and women are born again by reading this book. Because it's like a mirror. It shows us what we are. It shows us our condition, but it also shows us the remedy for the debt of our sin, which is Jesus Christ. The question of origin. And, and Nicodemus must have understood that day. Wow. This one is the living Son of God, the Messiah. And Jesus said to him, he said, Nicodemus, do you remember that story in Numbers? Do you remember as you read through the, the Torah that, that one day the people of God had sinned against God and, and they were being bit by snakes and a lot of people were dying? What a picture of sin. And, and Jesus said to him, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. You know what he was saying? He was saying, Nicodemus, I came from God, and I have come into this world with a purpose to die on a cross, and I will be lifted up. And everyone who believes in him will never perish, but have everlasting life. He said, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will never perish, but have everlasting life. The question of origin. Let me sum it up for you. We were all born in sin, and we need to be born again. We came from the hand of God, created in the image of God, and yet we fell into sin, and every one of us have committed acts of sin, 
that we are accountable for and we need to be born again. I believe that at the end of that discussion, Nicodemus got it. And he trusted in Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. We see that through the end of, of the Gospel of John when Nicodemus comes to the, um, to the scene of the crucifixion and, and buries the Lord. He's a believer in the Lord Jesus. The question of origin. When I go to John chapter 8, I want to share with you um, the greatest question that every one of us face. You know what? It's a question of morality. A lot of people don't like to think about this, and a lot of people don't like to be questioned on how they're living their life. But, but Jesus said something that is remarkable. He said in that chapter to religious Pharisees, he said, if you believe not that I am, you will die in your sins. You know, earlier in that chapter, Jesus made this profound statement. He said, I am the light of the world. And he that follows me will not walk in darkness. Jesus came to reveal to us who God is. He came to show us life and give us life, and give us truth, and to, to give us an understanding that if we die in our sins, where He is, we cannot come. Our moral condition is as a result of our nature. And every one of us sin because of our nature. Jesus is the light of the world. You know that in John it says that all things were made by Him. Without Him is not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of the world. And the light shone in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. It couldn't overtake that great light. And so when Jesus Christ came into the world, He came to a world full of darkness. He came to a world full of sin, but He is the light of the world. And like the great torch of God's intrinsic light of holiness, He shines it on the sin of the world. And He says to people, and it's no different today, He says, if you believe not that I am, you will die in your sins. You know, could I say this? It's possible that that is the only sin that will not be forgiven. And you might say, well, doesn't God forgive all sin? Yes. The scripture teaches that every sin that we commit can be forgiven if we repent and believe in Jesus. But if you fail to believe in Jesus Christ, your sin and your sins will not be forgiven. The only way that God can forgive our sins is when we believe in Jesus Christ. And these men, they had rejected His truth, they had rejected His teaching, and they had rejected His person. And ultimately, they had rebelled against God and they wanted to put Him to death. And Jesus said to them, If you believe not that I am you will die in your sins. A question of morality. 
What about your sins? What about my sins? You know, the good news of the gospel is all your sins can be forgiven. But you need to believe in Jesus Christ. And if you fail to believe in Him, who He is and what He has accomplished, if you fail to believe in Jesus Christ, you will die in your sins. And where He is, you will never be able to go. The opposite of heaven is hell. And Jesus was essentially saying to these religious Pharisees that had rejected Christ, He said, you will die in your sins. Because if you do not believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. What a terrible, terrible, sorry state of a group of people that were not willing to repent. You know that the Lord Jesus came to show us our sins. He came to shine the light on the wickedness and the immorality of the sins of the entire world. And I think each one of us can take our place in that condition. You know, the most critical question that has to be asked in your life is this. Will you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Because if you believe on Him, you have everlasting life. You will never come into judgment. You are passed from death unto life. And you have the light of God in your very soul. The question of morality. You know that in that very same chapter, Jesus made this incredible statement. He said, He that commits sin is the servant of sin. Well, wait a minute. Who is that? Every one of us have committed sin. Some people that I'm speaking to right now are living in habitual present sin. And what Jesus is saying in this chapter is, if you live in habitual sin, you are a servant. You are in bondage to sin. But here's the good news. He came to set you free. He came to take your sin away. He came to deliver you. And folks, this is the truth. He said, if you are my disciples, you will know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. And if you believe on the Son, you will be free indeed. What an what a awesome message. Folks, that's why Christ came. He came into the world to bear our sin, to set us free, to, to answer the question of our morality. Because none of us are equipped in ourselves to deal with our own morality. Because we are broken, sinful creatures. And Jesus Christ came for one purpose, to die for our sins, to set us free from our sins. The question of origin, the question of morality. How about this? The question of meaning. You know, we, we actually put together a little card. I think Nick Hansen was the one who wrote it. Does your life have meaning? A lot of people this time of year, and especially with 2020, are lonely or confused. You know, they're frustrated. 
and they're wondering, what's life all about? Does my life really have meaning? Or do I just go on the same treadmill day in, day out, with no purpose, nothing really to look forward to, and no meaning? Let me tell you the meaning of life. Jesus Christ and His cross puts meaning into life. Jesus said these powerful words in John chapter 12, verse 32. He said, If I be lifted up from the earth, I will, I will draw all men unto me. You know that Jesus Christ puts meaning into history. The cross is the central focus of all time and of all eternity. Everything before looked forward to the day when Messiah would come to die on a cross to put away our sin, to deliver us from hell and destruction. He came to rescue us. He came to save us from our sins. He puts meaning into history. The cross is the answer to the greatest questions of humanity. You know, what are the greatest questions? Well, we get them all the time. Why is there so much suffering in the world? If God is really God, why is there so much evil? What is the purpose? The human heart cries out these deep, deep questions. Why do I have to suffer? Why is there evil? Is there no God? Can I tell you today that when Jesus said, I will be lifted up on the cross, He came for the express purpose to suffer with us. He bore our sin. He took our shame. He came into the world, He who is God and became man. And He experienced the pain and suffering of humanity. He looked upon thousands of people and he was moved with compassion. He looked upon dead souls and he cried. He raised them from the dead. He looked at a blind man, blind from birth, and he opened his eyes. Jesus Christ came. He is the one only true God who actually came to suffer with us. But more than that, He suffered for us. He bore our sin in His own body on the tree. The Bible says that the one who knew no sin, He was made to become sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Folks, this is the joy of Christmas. The true meaning of Christmas is that God sent His Son to come into the world, to die for humanity, to answer the question of suffering, to destroy evil. First John says that he came to destroy the works of the devil. What's your greatest enemy? Death. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. And because of the resurrection of Christ, the glorious, powerful resurrection of Christ, He has abolished death. He has destroyed the works of Satan. 
This is cause to rejoice. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Do you know that the Bible says that he came to give us life and light and immortality. He came to abolish death through the gospel. Folks, this, this is the greatest news that mankind can ever hear. Christ came into the world to destroy our greatest enemy, to deliver us from the bondage of our sin, to save us, to change us, to free us. And he rose from the dead to prove that he is God. And he has destroyed the enemy of our soul. You know that Hebrews chapter 2 says this. In, in speaking about the Lord Jesus, he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. He took upon himself flesh and blood. He actually humbled himself and became a man. Why? So that he might die. Die for our sins. It says that he came and he destroyed him that had the power of death, even the devil, and has delivered us who all our lifetime were subject to bondage. Folks, this is good news. If you have Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. You have such a bright future. If you do not know Jesus Christ, if you have never repented of your sin, you have temporary life. You have a death sentence that is upon you. And your life is going to expire. And if you believe not that He is the great I Am, you will die in your sins. What does He mean when He says, the great I Am? It really is a distinct reference to God Jehovah. He is the eternal one. The ever-present one. He is the one who is self-existent. He's not dependent on any other person or any other thing to have life. That's different from all humanity. We all depend on God, our breath, oxygen, a certain environment, or we cannot sustain life. He is the eternal one. He is the great I am. He is God Almighty. And He became man to die for our sins. And He said to these people, He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Do you know that that is a true statement? That every person that has ever lived in every generation of the entire history of earth will be drawn unto Christ. In Revelation chapter 1 it says, Behold, He comes with clouds, and every eye shall see Him. And all the nations of the earth will look on Him who they pierced. In Philippians chapter 2 it says, Wherefore God also has highly exalted Him, and given Him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, and every tongue will confess 
that he is Lord. And, you know, you get people today that say, I'll never do that. Let me just pull back the curtain so you can see what's in your future. In Revelation chapter 20 and verse 11, the Bible says that the dead, small and great, will stand before God. And there are, there are countless multitudes, millions of people that are going to die in their sins and have never bowed the knee on this earth or in time and acknowledged Jesus Christ as Lord. They will in eternity. Because Revelation chapter 20, it says, it says that all the dead will stand before God. And hell, which is that awful, literal place, the prison house of those who have rejected Jesus Christ and died without Christ in their sins are in hell today. Hell and death will give up the dead and they will be raised. The resurrection of damnation, John chapter 5. And they will stand before God and they will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's going to be a fearful day. Folks, I want to tell you that the true meaning of life is that Jesus Christ came into the world to save you from your sins. Jesus Christ loved you. Jesus Christ knows you. He knows, he knows all your thoughts. He knows every act that you have ever committed. And He loves you unconditionally. And He demonstrated that love in the greatest act of all, the true meaning of life. When Jesus went to the cross and he was crucified. And in three dark hours, God Almighty took the sin of the world and poured it out upon him. And he bore it in his own body on the tree. And he cried with a loud, victorious voice. And he said, it is finished. Thank God. It's finished. The work of redemption is complete. You know, in Galatians 4, it says, I think about this verse this time of year. It says that when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, under the law to redeem them that were under the curse of the law. You know what the, cur that the law does? It condemns you. Condemns me. Levels all humanity. Everyone falls short. We're under the curse of the law. But Christ came to free us to deliver us from this curse. And he was lifted up and he was crucified. He came to suffer with us and he came to suffer for us. And today, he offers you the forgiveness of all your sins. He offers you freedom in Jesus Christ. My friend, that's the joy of the Lord. To know that my sins are forgiven. To know that I will never be in hell. To know that the judgment is past. And Christ came into the world to save me. Let me wrap this up with the final question that everyone asks. Where am I going? Where am I going to be when I breathe my last? When, when my body dies my heart stops where does my soul go well the Bible answers that question and Jesus said to those who believe in him 
He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I will come again and I will receive you unto myself. So where I am, there you will be also. What a blessed hope. Do you have that assurance today? That if today was your last day and you breathed your last, that you'll be in heaven with Christ forever. There's nothing better than that truth. That is eternal life and eternal joy. The destiny of every soul who has repented of their sin and put their faith in Jesus Christ alone. What happens if I don't? What happens if I live my life without God, without Christ, and I die in my sins? John chapter 8 answers that question. Jesus said, where I am, you cannot come. You see, anyone that's going to go to heaven has to have their sins forgiven. And it needs to happen on earth in your lifetime. And the only way it can happen is if you bow your knee and acknowledge your sin and take Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you will have eternal life. And so... I hope that this year, this Christmas season for you, you'll have the joy of the Lord. You'll know the origin. You'll know the true meaning of life. Your sins will be forgiven and the question of morality will be answered forever. And the question of destiny will be sealed for eternity that you've chosen Christ and you'll be with Him forever. And that is the joy of the Lord. Jesus Christ came into the world to save us from our sins. What a great message. I hope that everyone has a great Christmas. Enjoy your time with your family, but think about the, the real meaning to why Jesus Christ came into the world. And I just want to close also with a, a warm welcome for everyone that's able to come out and, and be with us on Christmas Eve right here at Northbrook at 630 on Thursday night, December 24th, you're welcome to come. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the coming of your well-beloved son into the world to save us from our sins. We rejoice, Lord, that he is the Messiah. He is the Christ of God, the anointed one. And we thank you that he is the savior of the entire world. We bless you today for the Word of God and for the truth of God. And we just pray that you would encourage every one of us to love God, to serve you, and to rejoice each day in the blessings that we have because of your well-beloved Son. And so we commit us all to you and ask your rich blessing upon us now as we close in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.